Good evening and welcome to episode 33 of the 3 on 3 podcast. The domestic season is done, as you can tell with the voice. And that's just mine, never mind what we have on tonight. Um, obviously the playoff weekend is done and dusted. And we'll, we're here to uh, evaluate and uh, say what we enjoyed, what we didn't enjoy, and uh, dissect a few things. So, uh, as we have for the last one domestically, we've got the Diva and Scott. John, Scott, how are you, gents? I don't want to be here. Sorry, guys. I know that's not exactly the best way to start a podcast, but uh, I think a little bit of practice from um, playoff weekends, and I'm struggling a little bit, and I would like to my bed very quickly. Um, but yeah, fun was had, and there's always a a price to pay for fun, isn't it, boys? Shocky starts with such negativity, and I'm sure he won't shut up uh, five minutes in. Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thanks, mate. I'm good. Uh, good, good to see you again, gents. Our guest voice, um, I expect him to be even more insufferable as normal. But I, I warn him now that if he gets bad, I'm, I'm just kicking him off a call, and I don't care. But I'm delighted to uh, have John Smith on the podcast. John, thank you very much for giving me time this evening. How are you, my friend? I'm on top of the world, boys. Um, for all the negativity that John was going to bring today, I will just enlighten you with so much positivity as we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm really disappointed you weren't at the weekend, mate. I really would have missed all that. <laughs> I, do you know what? I am, I'm disappointed that I didn't get to hang out with you guys for, for what it's worth. So maybe next year we'll be able to well, get all together. Tommy didn't bother, to be fair. He was too busy uh, entertaining, so uh, it would be nice to see one of you out anyway. <laughs> He's a man in demand. Well, diplomatically put there, John. Um, so, let's... Um, we just go for the weekend. We'll go fixture by fixture. We'll go for the first semi-final. Belfast-Nottingham. 6-3 to Belfast. Three goals in ten minutes, and then Nottingham hung in a little bit, but Belfast quality got themselves through to the final. We'll just go round table thoughts on this one. Uh, Scott, we'll start with you. When they put three goals in the first 10 minutes, we were thinking, this is 10, 11, 12. This is going to be an absolute absolute kicking on the Panthers. Yeah, and it, sh- it really should have been. But Balfour were quite sloppy. There was, they gave up a lot of uh, pucks in the slot. So many open chances for Nottingham that they really could have pulled it back to three all. Uh They didn't because they haven't got the quality. But yeah, it was a... It was a little warning sign, maybe a good thing for the Giants that they did get get a bit sloppy. So that when they were going into the next night, um, they were they were on it. Um, unfortunately, the Nottingham Panthers were put off by the Sheffield Steelers arriving um, into the, the stadium. Uh, a few fans moaning that they, they were down there, and the Sheffield fans made noise. So, you know, the pesky Steelers causing some upset to the Nottingham fans. That was. It was quite bizarre, that one. As, as takes go, and as crap on social media this season, save the best to last. Um, obviously, we'll quickly goal scored. Uh, Belfast, Ore, Norris 2, Lake 2 and Goodwin. Nottingham, Hopkins, Anderson and Izaki uh, got the goals. John. John Williams, sorry. Uh, we've got two Johns this evening. Um, the Panthers did have some chances, but for one of them, for a game that was quiet for Best Guarani, when he needed to, he actually, when I say bizarre, he really stepped up when he was very quiet throughout that first half of the game. Yeah, I think when it was 3-0, we all thought, like you say, here we go, it's going to be out of sight in no time at all, and Besco can get pulled early and maybe give whistles some ice. Um, I never really felt Nottingham were probably in the game, to be honest with you. I know their score maybe looked a bit closer than what the game really was. Um, I think from memory, he came back, it was a 3-2 at one point, 
um, many sides we had by this point, so my recollection of that game is not massively clear. Nice to see a few British guys going on the, on the, uh, the score sheet too, though. Uh, obviously, Kitty over in Belfast, Norris got a couple of goals. Uh, Hopkins got one for, for Nottingham. And it's good to see that in a game of that magnitude, with such importance, they're getting regular ice time as well. So it was good to see. Basco just looked solid the whole weekend, I thought, to be fair. He didn't really make any mistakes. He just looked how I'd expect him to be. And ultimately, the, the game went, as we kind of predicted beforehand, wasn't it? Two or three goal win. And uh, a bit of a formality in the end. And it gave them a bit of an early start then for the next day when they uh, had a bit of a more cast on the tank when it came to the uh, second game then. They did indeed. Uh, John Smith, obviously watching from, from home, it looked like Belfast felt they had a point to prove, bizarrely, given how they've done well over the last few years, but the playoffs has been the one that's been missing. Um, and that, like we said, the early start, they were a bit sloppy in kind of getting rid of Nottingham. But as the game grew on, it felt like Belfast really were solidifying themselves and making sure that there was just no <laughs> upset or banana skin caused by the Panthers. Yeah, well, I mean... Watching the game from home, obviously I have the benefits of replays and sort of like all that kind of good stuff. But you know, I feel like the Giants were very comfortable, got their lead, and then I almost felt like they took their foot off the gas a little bit um, and allowed Nottingham to sort of stick around in the game. Um, I thought uh, David Levin looked really dangerous for the Panthers all game, and you know at one point they were out shooting us like two to one. Um, Best Barani made the saves that he needed to make at key times, and I think our third goal actually came against the run of play a little bit, so, uh, as Scott alluded to, like, there was a lot of, a lot of open pucks in the, in the, uh, in the slot area that was concerning, because at the moment in time when it happened, I was thinking, God, if we give up these chances to Sheffield or Cardiff, we might be in trouble, but, again, a bit of a wake-up call, and I think the, the coaching staff amended it for the, the final, but, yeah, overall quite happy with the performance, didn't need to get out of second gear, Saved a bit of legs for the final, and I think that showed in the third period of the final. It did, and obviously we'll, we'll go into the final uh, later on. And just before we kind of move on to the next game, got to give more time to this this classic excuse of, and a team walks in, their team, their fans are cheering, it put them off. As excuses go, gents, is it up there with the best of the season? Does it happen every single season? I'm 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 pretty confident every time I can think back to being at playoffs in previous years when you're watching the first game, the team playing the second game always arrives and you always hear that fan base cheer for those few seconds. <laughs> How is that in any way possibly going to distract anybody? Fans cheer during the game for other reasons. I just find it just absolutely bizarre, and I think if they even one percent meant that, then they haven't got a clue what they're talking about. Whoever the person was. People. I saw that Simsy or whoever was in charge of the Steelers social media in the sort of lead up to the Steelers arriving was sort of stirring the pot a little bit with like making sure the fans got loud whenever the team arrived. But when the team arrived, the Giants were five three up, and I, and I what I watched the uh, you know some of the highlights, and there was nothing happening in that game when the Steelers fans arrived. I think the there was a TV timeout almost, and there was literally nothing happened on the ice to distract anybody. It just felt like a bit of a, a frustrated uh, home fan whose team were just getting beat in the semi-final and just wanted to vent in any which way they could. 
I know, but it was, it was like the perfect ending for the Nottingham season. We started off with uh, Mr. Graham uh, in his long trip from from Nottingham to Manchester. It was 70 miles or so. And then I think it was just a fitting end for the, the Nottingham season. Um, and obviously with Corey going out, it wasn't the best way for him to leave. Obviously, we now know that Corey is going to Europe, rumoured to be Dalto and... Nottingham have another new coach. Now, if we believe what we heard over the weekend, it's the guy from the French League. Um, what do you guys think? It's, it's another risky, it's another risky move for Nottingham. I, I don't know if there was any, anyone maybe that they could have went for in the league. As, as I said previously, there's a, there's a guy in Coventry that someone might need to take a chance on. Um, but yeah, the French guy seems a bit of a, bit of a risky one if that's happening which seems to be happening because there's no smoke without fire is there if it's true and the rumour was he was there on the Saturday um, if he was there on the Saturday he'd probably decide you know what I'll uh, stay in France Um, but jokes aside we mentioned on the pod that it's a team that needs stability Uh, and it's like another coach now yet the Graham experiment obviously didn't work Nielsen like I said rumoured to be DL2 I'd I'd have thought they'd go somewhere that's already in this got knowledge of this country's league. So maybe Danny Stewart, maybe even a Paul Dixon. You know, you know, prize the purse strings even further than Guildford's. Um, I just think it's going to be a risk. And I, I suspect, unless he does his research and learns the nuances of the Elite League very quickly, it may be another another season of similarity for the Panthers. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I guess we probably thought they'd just go the easy route and maybe give Corey another season next year and try and build on what he's been doing this season. Getting us back to square one. Don't know an awful lot about the French League other than when British teams competing as French teams in Europe, they tend to be a little bit inferior to us. I know there's less imports in that league, to be fair. So the local guys are probably on par, if not better than some of the GB boys. There's not as many imports. But I don't know, like you say, maybe Dixon might be in a bit of a, a stretch to get him. Danny Stewart, would he make that move, you know, with his Coventry ties? I'm not convinced he would. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the pool is kind of small in terms of who you could bring in. Maybe they could have done themselves a favour and got the great coach Brody de Pontin. Maybe they'll move him from Cardiff. I'm sure that would have been a, an absolute outstanding uh, acquisition for them if they could have pulled that move off. But uh, they missed out for them, sadly. As you said there, David, um they they're a club that are it's like a revolving door of uh, of of coaches at the minute and in the yeah in the EIHL, I do feel like you need a, a, a stability in your coaching t- in your coaching staff because if you look at, at Belfast, uh, Coventry, Guildford themselves like they've had the same coach for a number of years now and they've all made steps in the right direction. Nottingham have changed their uh, their coach what it'll be three times in the space of a season and. They're only going backwards at the minute. They're not. They're not moving forward. And I think it shows that you need to have stability in this league. You need to, as you say, know the nuances, know how to play in this league. Um, like the, many many coaches, Nottingham had in the last sort of five, six, six seasons as well. I mean, there was Chernomaz was there for like what less than a season, if even. Yeah, it just it just seems like they just they don't have any sort of like model to go on anymore. My uh, my other issue with the French league is, and I don't don't, don't want to diss it, but they don't play many games. I think their season's like twenty eight to thirty games. 
That's half of what we play. Probably no much cup games. So he's got to then try and get a style that he's used to bringing in two games a weekend. So if he can't really go on players he knows. Um, yes, there have been a few players that are in this league that have played under him, so he might try and jump for them. But his knowledge of how to play in the Elite League would concern me as well. Um, I'm not going to say I hope he proves me wrong because I don't want Nottingham to win a thing ever in my life, but it's, it is it would be a concern of me if I was a Nottingham fan. Just for the information, I want to just check myself. They have 44 league games, but they also have um, an extended cup uh, set up uh, with a one-off cup final in the Accord Arena. And so the best, yeah, they do the best seven playoffs as well. Yeah, oh, it, it was in the past about 28 games. I remember a few guys that played in Cardiff said that they struggled as players who came on playing 28 games a season, plus playoffs or whatever, to play in 50-odd. They'd play one game on a weekend, home or away, and that would be them done most weekends, and they were struggling with back-to-back. Well, my last point is a load of bollocks, said, so we might as well cut that. <laughs> no, you were, you, were, you were formally right, but you just didn't do your research. No, uh, so, yeah, well, last, last, last kind of round-up of season, let, let, let's let the other yeah, let's just, why not? Just, yeah, let's just, just not give a crap tonight, let's just make good yeah. mistakes and... Why have facts, eh? Exactly, not important to this guy. Why start now when you've done it all season? Indeed. Um, So, Belfast into the final. And then Sheffield-Cardiff. Sheffield go 2-0 up. Um, Cardiff, sorry, 2-1 up. Um, And then Cardiff equalise and then win it in overtime on a... Interesting penalty. This is a penalty that was given in overtime, which we'll, I'm sure we'll go on to in a minute. Um, let's go. You John. start on that one, David. It's your team. Go on. It's my team. I don't want to start. Then I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let John start. Uh, John Williams. From I'll an start. overview perspective, um, give me your thoughts, mate. Yeah, I think it was 2-0. Um, I know you said 2-1, but I think it was 2-0. But again, there was the odd beverage passing around, wasn't it, in the weekend, boys? So facts, like we just said a moment ago, might be a little bit uh, inaccurate. It was a strange win. Um, from memory, I think it was 2-0. And it did look at that point that Sheffield would kind of maybe see the game out. Um, I don't know. It was a bit of a bizarre game, to be fair, because they're two well-matched teams. It was hard to call that game before. Um, and I certainly... I think I called it as a 4-3 to card. I got yeah, I think I can't remember, to be fair. Again, it's too much facts to try and remember. But 2-0, I just started thinking the card, if that the game get away with them really early. Uh, they, they, caught a, they got a goal at a good time. There was a few decisions, I think, throughout the game, which are a bit bizarre. The one on Riley Brandt, when he gets pushed into the goalie, and there's an interference call against him, which I thought was a bit weird. But so, And then, so the game to get won by a penalty in overtime. Now, for me, I think if you're going to call a penalty in overtime, you've got to kill someone, maybe twice, even, to get a call. Do you know what I mean? You have to sort of kill him once and kill him a second time just to make sure he's dead, because it was a soft one. It was a really soft one. Um, and naturally, that's going to be something's going to be pointed to is maybe the, 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 the side and factor. I want to be Cardiff power play is, is, is garbage. So the irony of them winning on a power play going overtime was, is not lost on a lot of people. But um, I think it was the, over the, the, the 60 odd minutes of play is probably the fair result, I think. I think Cardiff was slightly the better team. Bound was tremendous. And we have to ask where the defensemen uh, were in overtime. Pet Grave, not for the first time he's been mentioned. How was a guy in overtime, down low, with no one taking him out, and he's got nobody within three or four feet of him? The easiest, easiest 
overtime power play goal that guy will ever score in his career. And if I was coaching, because whilst Aaron Fox will obviously take the hit for it, because again, it's another failure for him as a coach, you can't account for players going MIA in overtime. You've got one job in overtime. Switch on for your 10, 15, 30, whatever, 40 second shift you're on. And for that split second, Pat Grave, and I can't remember who else was there, um, never mind, I assume was the, the, the other guy, and there, there was no one near him. And it was just an incredible way to allow a game to, 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 to beat you in a game with such significance, you know. And I think that over the, again, over the, the course of the game, and the guy was a better team, probably the team I thought more equipped to beat Belfast the next day as well. Um, but Salford John has got on that kind of scenario where he didn't really get to go on the high. Hopefully, uh, he'll get that with GB. Um, the middle finger is for what reason? I'm not sure, David. That's a bit disrespectful. That was actually for you, uh, John. I thought it was. Okay, no. well. Not, not yet, anyway. You're welcome. Uh, anyway, I, I've lost much in the thought now, David, because you've been so abusive with your middle finger at me, so I'll uh, allow you to take over now because I've no idea what I'm going to say next. So, in our defence, uh, the Sheffield second goal and Cardiff first was 30 odd seconds. Diff between them, so <clears throat> that's where I thought it could have been uh, one or two one. For the first fifteen minutes, like you said, Sheffield started outstanding and had the game, and then story of our season, just put take the foot off and just hang in there. And because that's worked well, hasn't it? It's worked well against Belfast, worked well against Guildford, has worked well against Cardiff, hasn't it? And uh, the uh, the cabinet shut yet again for another season with nothing put in. We just, it just. I think at the end of the, the last period in overtime summed up our season, where we just hung, hung and hoped and prayed that Greenfield would save us, and Greenfield did everything he could. Um, yet again, another outstanding performance from uh, the netminder of the season in the second team uh, by the Elite League uh, announcement of their uh, teams of the year. Uh, the overtime penalty, like you said, you know, it's got to be. They've got to be dead. You know, and for me, you call that game, as it was called, where it was borderline prison rules, to call something like that in overtime. Um, whether it's a penalty or not, for me, in the, in, I know that, for me, the spirit of that game, that call was bullshit. Whether it was a hook or not. You've allowed everything, and the referees have seen it, and the referees, you know, they called, I think, a handful of penalties, but to do that in a game will make a difference. I really will give it a, a chance to change the game, the course of the game. It was crap. That's, having said that, that is not why we lost. Um, we weren't good enough for 45 minutes. And anybody who says different, I, I, I will argue them because I just, you know, we thought we'd done it at 2-1. 2-0, obviously 2-1. But fair play, Bounds, you said. Bounds outstanding. On Saturday. I mean, we faced was outstanding all weekend. And it was, it, it appeared to be the bounds of, who wins a title, who wins the playoffs, who wins games for GB, that level of bounds was back and irritating for me as a Sheffield fan at the time. Hopefully it'll be a lot better in two weeks' time when the, the caps have, have changed. But I think Sheffield's first two, the first two goals in the game, they weren't outstanding moves, they weren't outstanding shots, they, they crept in, they were slightly innocuous goals and she- Sheffield should have jumped on Cardiff over that got tried to get into bounds head and they just stepped off the gas like they've been doing all season. They put another one in, a little cheeky one in, 3-0. Surely then Sheffield go on to win. Sheffield didn't do enough. 
it wasn't like um, it should have. It should have just stamped on Cardiff because then they would have collapsed. They would have. We and had to. Go Sorry, and I, I was just baffled because I don't know why they did do that. Is that Fox just saying sit back? But surely not when you've got a crowd. The Sheffield fans behind them. It was raucous. It was you. You take Cardiff fans out of the game. That's massive in that team because Cardiff fans were, were stunned. We had our foot on the neck. We, we it, had. It, well, it was. You just where was that kill mentality? And I don't think anything will change with Sheffield with Fox in charge. For me, I think the mistake they made at that point. They kept trying to get bounds from behind the net. They kept trying to put the puck in off his skates. Yes. And maybe that's a tactic that they went to the game maybe to try to exploit. But it, it seemed like that was their main focus at that point, to try and make him make a mistake that he's not expected from behind the net. And he wised up to it. And, and I think they wasted two or three plays around like, the crease where they could have maybe tried something new. He knew what they were doing. He's not stupid. He's an experienced goalie. And I mm. think that they, they, they've tried that play maybe... Two or three times too many at two now, yeah. and they could have killed the game off. As Scott said, if they got the third one, maybe just just mixed it a little bit. But as for the the um, the winning goal, I, I did say three two, and I did say a mistake by Petgrave, and that was someone who had checked out. And I'm, I feel like I'm bullying him a little bit, but no, that that deserves to be called out. The lack of effort. Well, what was he doing? Where was he? He had no. He was in no man's land. His stick in the lane was half-assed. If, if the puck actually hit his stick, it probably would have broken because he didn't have it any control of it. It was if if Sheffield resign him and keep Fox, uh, I think you should all revolt. Yeah, there was a revolt on the snooker earlier. Someone chucked a load of orange uh, paint on the snooker tip. I think you should go and do that. Maybe, maybe it's a sign. It was just, yeah, a, a number of things that we've just seen time and time again this season has led to us um, making our first appearance in the current form at the third, fourth place playoff um, on the Sunday. And for me, what, what pissed me off most, it wasn't losing to Cardiff, and how much that pissed me off, it was the fact that that, from a Sheffield fan, that's how we've seen Jonathan Phillips off. And I know you can't guarantee results and everything, but to put a shift in to give him the pl- the, the game to send off domestically, and we didn't. And a lot of Sheffield fans talking before the third fourth game and, and afterwards that was a, that was the thoughts of a lot of Sheffield fans. It was more the effort or lack of to to get that final. Um, but you know, it is what it is now, isn't it? So just to add my two cents worth on the the second semi final was that was that was probably the game that I was looking forward to the most even though my team were involved in the first semi final Cardiff Sheffield is like box office um, Sheffield hit the ground running in the first ten minutes or so they looked dangerous going forward as Scott says their goals were sc- scrappy goals they weren't fantastic sort of like plays or fantastic shots they were scra- they were scrappy goals and. You know, from then, like the 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 ice almost sort of tilted towards Greenfield a little bit without being sort of like totally one way. Um, the rebound that he gives up for for Davies's uh, equaliser is a tired goalie play, I think. You know, obviously he's been ridden into the ground all season. Um, I might be being harsh there. He probably just hit a took a bad bounce, but I feel like 
a, a more rested goalie through the season, doesn't give up that massive rebound. Um, now, gents, you know that I am a big fan of the correct implementation of the rules in the association hockey. That penalty in overtime is a shambles, in my opinion. Um, the ho- I think it was a hooking call on Champini. Um, he's not in around the hands enough for me for it to be called a hook. Uh, and I think he just makes a really good play on the stick lift. One referee who's looking at it shakes his head. I can, we can see it on the TV. Shakes his head. No, it's not a penalty. While the other trailing referee calls it. So if it's 50-50 between the referee on, on the ice, then you know how is that being called? Now, what Petgrave is doing, just evacuating the space for Kugler to skate in, is it's borderline criminal. If I, if I was a Steelers fan, I'd be very, very angry at, at him for that. Um... To, to be fair to Cougar, he finishes it well. You know, he finishes the pie. Greenfield goes down a little bit, leaves the gap, and Cardiff celebrate it like they've won the Stanley Cup. Are you suggesting that's like the NHL Cardiff Devils? <laughs> well, the NHL Cardiff Devils did beat the AHL Steelers on the night, so yeah. That's a, I suppose a fair result of association hockey then. Um as we now call it. So that was Saturday, uh, done dusted. Um, more rehydration took place. And then uh, Sunday, we'll, we'll quickly glance over Sheffield, Nottingham, the third, fourth. Uh, 7-4 with Sheffield. No one really cares. The only bit for me is, the from again, from a Sheffield line, a bit poetic, last goal, scored Phillips, assisted Connolly. Two guys leaving for the last time it were... It was nice in that respect to give something for the fans to kind of remember it by, but it's a game that just, I, it doesn't have a place. The bookies have now cut it on, so what's the point? What's the point of the game? We know that. We talked about it before. It's an excuse for the league to say, we get you four games for the £115, whatever they charge you for the ticket. It's only 28 quid a game, whatever it works out to be. No one wants to be there. I went for, I think, a period, maybe two. One, and I was like, walking around talking to people I hadn't seen for a while. I had no interest in being there. The players had no interest in being there. I was pleased for you boys who lumped on at six and a half goals and seven and a half goals. And I was pleased that you guys had win some money. But like we said before, it's just like, hey, guys, look what you could have won. You know, it's just embarrassing to get these guys back out. Give them a night on a Saturday. Their season's done. The game means nothing. As you say, get like a young North v South game or something on a Sunday. And let's just make that game something that people actually want to see and give people a reason to be there. Because the players don't want to be there, the fans don't want to be there. Just It's a sham. The whole thing's a sham. I would love the players to just go, nah, I'm not playing. I don't want to play. I've got an injury. Not play it. And, and the timings are crap as well. The, the change in the face-off times from what it used to be at 1pm and 5pm is massive now because I think when that game finished on Saturday, it was 10pm, people people are t- tired. You've watched two games of hockey, there's been adrenaline going through your veins, there's been other stuff going, you know, the alcohol and that, and then it's just a bit of a damp squid uh, and people can't really celebrate the win because they know they've got to get back in for tomorrow. Get back to 1 and 5. Get back to the. I think back in the day it used to be 3 p.m. final and 11 a.m. for that stupid silly game. 
Yeah, get back to that. Get back to it. A via play don't have many subscribers that they can dictate. This needs to be at prime time because the only people watching it are hockey fans anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's no market. Yeah, I thought the same as you. I I assumed it was a TV reason for it because it is crap. It is crap to get out of that arena at 10 o'clock at night when you're emotionally drained. You want to go and celebrate if your team was won or have some food, whatever. And then you're out into the busy time of the night. It's a big difference going out into town at 8 o'clock than 10 o'clock, especially if you've got kids in tow as well. Um, and I can't remember who it was. I even been as he said to me the other day, or maybe it's having the games later to make you spend more money in the arena. Maybe that's, that's the thinking behind it, because people are more likely to sort of, you know, think, oh, well, I'm going to be there late, so I'm going to buy my beers in the arena rather than going to town and spend your money. Maybe that's a bit of thinking behind it, because... I can't think of a, of a plausible reason, personally, to have a game at, that late. Especially if it's going to be a family sport. And then get the hell out of there. The timings were handy enough for me this time, because I will say I, I could go to work for a few hours and I wasn't actually there at the rink. But, I mean, the original format of 1-5 was, was good. Um, because we used to fly out quite frequently on the Saturday morning, drop our bags off and head straight to the rink. So there was no waiting around. Um, you're probably bang on there with uh, the idea that maybe it makes you want to spend more money at the rink. But you know, with some of the prices that, and some of the merchandise that came out over the weekend, you know, wasn't there a puck that was sort of sharpied? The semi-final was the semi. The word semi was <laughs> was uh, sharpied out, and they were selling it as a final puck. So I mean, if if the arena and the IHL can't even be arsed with their merchandise, then why should the fat? Why would the fans be arsed going to spend their money? Um, with regards to the third, fourth game, I mean, it's only worthwhile if you're making money on it. Now, the struggle that a lot of the EIHL betting community had was trying to find good value in any of the any of the overs. Um, so, in if the bookies have copped onto it, let's go back to the England versus Scotland game. You know, where you had a bit of passion. You have brought a lot. Like the Scottish teams come down, or fans come down every year. Um, just give them something to cheer about if their teams aren't there at least, you know, they can cheer on the Scottish boys in, in, in the uh, in the in the alternative to the third, fourth game. Um I did notice that there was quite a few young Brits that got a few a few bits of uh, ice time during the uh the third, fourth game. Uh, more more on the Nottingham side of things compared to Sheffield. Um the name the name of you know, I, I wanna say Mackenzie, but it might not be that guy. Um you know, got got good, uh, you know, exposure. He got interviews done. You know, it's that kind of thing. You know, people are more exposed to that kid now than ever before, and that's probably one positive to take out of it. Um, Scott will probably come on to the Steelers goalie um side of things in a moment, so I'll not take that. Um, but yeah, I mean, what time was that? Was it twelve o'clock face off for that? What one o'clock? That's that's late. I mean, you you want that game out of the way as soon as you can. Um, they need us. They need to have a look at the format completely. Well, the, the outgoing players they want to they want to have a few beers with their their teammates because some will fly out the next day. When I, when I've done travel for the Cov games, uh, the Blaze, when they go, they go. They will have a flight ready out on the Monday, so they're, they're having to play till half three, four o'clock, then get back to Coventry. They ain't got time to be see like lads that they spent nine months with. Bye. And yeah, you yeah, because I mentioned it pre-call. Curtis Warburton, why is he not getting that game? I don't know what the hell happened to Levine. Is he even still in Sheffield? I don't know. But yeah, Curtis Warburton, Fox, come on, 
give him give him at least a period. What are you doing? No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. <coughs> Excuse me. There's no way Wolverton should not have played the whole game. I don't even understand why Levine played. Um, the, just, the game had nothing on it. And I appreciate we brought him into backup Greenfield that hasn't backed up Greenfield because he's not played a game apart from one game in the league when it was all done and dusted. So, yeah. But I'll, I'll be honest, um, what you on um, in terms of the exposure to the other young Brits from the Nottingham side? And you know what? Are we surprised from a team that's got Corey Nielsen behind the bench? Or had behind the bench? He's got that mindset, given the chance, given what it is about. So, yeah. Just uh, more things that you kind of question on, on the Sheffield side. But they've got a third. They beat Nottingham. All's well with the world. We'll move on to the final. Belfast, Cardiff, yet again. Cardiff take the lead in the first. Belfast equalised second. Take over in the third. And the slam is done. Uh, guys, as prison rules go in the final, how, how uh, physical was that game? I think Cardiff played the perfect game for the first almost two periods. They disrupted Belfast, particularly the first line. They got under the first line skin. Conway was very frustrated. He was reacting to things and um the goal came in a great time. Literally I remember the the the, the put cross the the red line, I'm looking up thinking seven seconds, have they got time, have they got time? And you're watching the play, you're watching the puck, you and you're watching the time and when that goal goes in it was it was funny, the fact as well, on the, on the, on the horn, pretty much. I thought that was a great, almost like it felt at the time, kicking the balls to Belfast. Um, and I thought that from that point, Cardiff would go on to, to maybe be comfortable. Second period started much of the same. Bounds was, was outstanding, made some tremendous saves. Um, the goal, Belfast got to get back in it. Maybe a little bit of a scrappy goal. Maybe... You know, I think it was probably it probably took that kind of goal unfortunately to get Belfast back in the game. It's probably my fault, to be fair. So apologies, Cardiff. Uh, I was speaking to a friend, and one all I was saying, nah, can't see Belfast getting again anything out this game. And literally, lo and behold, the second I said it, Ari goes one on one pretty much, and he makes it two one. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, you know. So, and then the next goal seemed to come within seconds, and I just knew that was going to be it, unfortunately. So I just had a bit of a strop and I went to the toilet. Um, and I heard the, the fourth goal go in and I left the arena. I will admit I didn't want to be around at that point. And, um, yeah, I was gone. I am absolutely delighted to hear that, Jono. That is music to my ears, mate. I'm so delighted that you walked out on it. You had three teams in the final four and none of you could beat, it. None of you could beat the Belfast Giants, mate. I know, that's what's so sickening. Do you know what I mean? I thought all my bases covered, to be fair. Although, yeah. to be fair, I went back to the hotel. I sat in my bed. I could have given anything to stay on that bed right there and just say, right, yeah, that's me done for the night. I thought, no, go and face the music. Go and face Belfast fans. I walked all the way back down from my hotel, which is a good 25-minute walk away from, from the arena. And I made a point of finding people I wanted to know, especially Paddy, Paddy Smith. I know he spoke to... Uh, to Dave and, Sh- and Scotty on the Saturday, and he was complimentary about the pod. I thought, right, I'll go find Paddy and shake his hand. Me and him, as you know, better heads for maybe eight, nine years, whatever's maybe longer. And I, when I found him, I said, congratulations, shook his hand. And to be fair, he was, he was quality. He was again complimentary about what we do and had a good little chat with him for a few minutes as well. And I just sort of, uh, maybe sort of, uh, was surprised at my own actions in doing that, to be fair. But yeah, so shout out to Paddy. So thank you for the comments you made. Uh, and in doing that, 
I made a point of finding every Belfast fan I know personally that was there to congratulate them, which I did. Um, so my job was done then. So I thought, okay, I've been the bigger man, Jonathan. So, you know, you went there, John. I couldn't give you a man hug. I couldn't give you a cuddle. So I was pleased with you guys, and I just said, I was like, oh, I'll stay, have a few beers in the salt box. I was like, no, not a chance. I mean, a Sunday night in Nottingham is not the place to be unless you win the, the, the playoffs. There's nowhere worse to be on a Sunday, to be fair. So we got a nice, sensible curry, and then went home and let uh, the Belfast Giants celebrate into the small hours. Although, I was a bit surprised, though, at about half past ten, seeing people milling around, walking back to hotels, Jonathan, at uh, 10.30. Your fans don't really know how to celebrate playoff. They're so unused to it. It's been such a long time. They were going home at half past ten. Why? What's all that about, John? Well, see, the problem is we've won so many trophies in the last sort of three seasons that we just sort of, you know, it's just boring to us now. You know, we're so used to winning and hoisting trophies and putting banners in the rafters. It's just it's boring now for us. So that's probably why. Nah, I'm only joking. Um, I mean, it's probably a, a bit of fatigue as well. You know, the timing, timings of the games, you know, they've obviously got the adrenaline going through their bodies twice, twice in 24 hours, you know, and I mean, that is it's a big win. It's the, sort of the monkey off our back. I mean, 13 years it's been since we last won the playoffs. It's only our second uh, playoff title in the IHL era. Um, it's the one that I sat out and stayed at home, thinking that I was the curse, because the only time that we won it before, I also didn't attend. So, you're welcome, Belfast Giants fans. I took so, the see hit. you next season then, yeah? Uh, no, the irony is, I have to wait until they lose one of the playoffs now, you know? So, we'll see what happens. No, Come back next year, mate. We need you. <laughs> the rest of the league needs so you. We'll, we'll see what happens. I did. I did actually have a little bit of a look on EasyJet, and you know, on the Saturday night, just on the off chance that I kept myself into going, but the bank balance said no, and uh, so did the misses. <laughs> um, so getting back onto the game, uh, I I I think the Cardiff played the first period very well. Um, the goal was very similar to the goal that I think Stephen Dixon scored in the last playoff final where he beat a 6-3 where somebody pulls Beskarwani out, out of position, goes round behind the net and pops it out for, for Dixon to uh, put it in the empty net. And you know, you start, because we've been in that position so many times, well, at least the last two, two uh, finals, um, you're starting to sense every bit of deja vu because, you know, in the, in the Fournier final, uh, we also equalised with a sort of floater from the uh, from the blue line from Kevin Rain. Again, Jeff Baum does that. Uh, probably a little bit more force than Kevin Rain did, but it goes in. And then you're 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 thinking of every, every sort of like outcome. Like are you, you know forty is like you know is 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 Crawford going to skate up the ice and uh, pop one through the legs and sort of cement his uh, undeserved p- p- place as the defenseman of the year, but. Thankfully, the Belfast Giants just managed to find that extra gear. I think Cardiff were tired. Uh, they looked leggy in the third period, and I think you know the the, the better team won over over the weekend and over the season. Uh, Irish goal to be so tied in on bounds by the time the puck settles for him to then go a high glove uh, was a great finish. And the the third goal comes very quickly. I, I think there's going to be less than a minute between you know the goal going in. Uh, oh, sorry, the two goals going in. Uh, Big Mark Cooper um, makes a great play, waiting for Donny Niles coming off the bench. Plays a little backhand drop past him, and, and he slots it away. Uh, Cooper does a lot of good things. Um, and watching the game back today, you sort of only really notice the little subtle nuances that Cooper brings to the game. That you know, 
we ha- you can only appreciate when when the stress isn't there. But overall, I think if it wasn't for Ben Barnes being on on, uh, on form in the second period, I think the Giants could have been more comfortable than four one. Ironically, even after a, a less than impressive uh, first period, I was. I mean, I think me and Mr. Williams have split thoughts on uh, Mr. Conway. Yes, he was frustrated, and I think he was more frustrated with his, his his teammates. I think he was trying to g him up. He was still getting his scoring chances. And what I was baffled by with the Cardiff Devils is he was hacking and slashing, and he gave a big elbow to Josh Batch. I reckon Peroni and um, Brandt had they could have had the chance to get him to drop, and maybe not even give him a chance to drop, just mug him. And take the five. Take Scott Conway out that game for five minutes because he could have, he could have, he would have thrown something that they could have done something. Even like he elbowed Batch off like in front of the ref. He got away with it. Batch should have just went, "Oi, pal!" Even take take the two minutes, and that grew Conway's confidence, grew Balfour's confidence, and then unfortunately, uh, the EIHL Defenseman of the Year Crawford was at that hourly goal was shocking it was worse than pet has been all season he Ari skates past him crawford gets tangled up nothing absolutely nothing and that killed the game and it's the same with the niles goal he's too busy trying to fight the guy in front and the puck goes in the net so the unfortunately the defenseman of the year did nothing for the cardiff devils and um balfast reigned supreme and i, I, I wasn't surprised in all honesty it was it was ironic that the the guy in which Crawford was tangling with in front of the goal for the third goal was uh, the uncrowned defenseman of the year, Gabe Bast, and it, you can see from the replay that Gabe Bast isn't shy about letting Crawford know. He takes a few punches. Oh, I didn't know it was Bast. I couldn't work uh, out who it was because yeah. all all the Belfast players all kind of look a little bit the same this year. <laughs> Not was Basti, yeah, and you're wondering what the hell he's doing. <laughs> Paint, but he takes a couple of glove punches from Crawford and laughs at him and skates away and celebrates with Niles. And I thought it was just poetry in motion, really. I've got to be honest, I did laugh at the uh, in sportsman like penalty given afterwards. They were like, again, really? In the final? But I agree in terms of the first period, you know, Cardiff did everything. And I think for me, they just they had nothing left, and Belfast, as they've shown all season, they had reserves and they could have they could have played that type of game all sixty minutes, and Cardiff couldn't have. And in fairness, I don't think Chef would have either. Deserved slammers. Um, and yeah, it's uh, is it it's thirteen years since Real helped me win the uh, last elite league playoff, and then uh, two thousand and two or two thousand three. The other way around, uh, it was Evan Chevry in two thousand and three. right? He shot against Cardiff, ironically. Yeah, I remember that one. That was- <laughs> Talking about that Saturday night. I hated that guy at the time. Broke my heart to Evan Chevrolet. He wasn't absolute fanny. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that's the first time the word fanny has been used on the podcast this year. But I, um, I'm impressed it's taken me this long, to be fair. So, I do want to say something, one thing about that first joint. So obviously, the elephant in the room, there's been a lot going on off ice this year in Belfast and players have left and you, you've not even heard anything about it like Lewis Hook we don't not even said Colby McCordy's gone we're not, all not daft stuff's gone in, on in Belfast this year and he's still managed to win a Grand Slam it, it's pretty it's impressive it is impressive yeah 
weaker teams would have would have collapsed. The amount of rumored internal challenges, I would say. Let's move on, boys. This could uh, go very south very quickly. And we happily would go there, but not sure if legally we're probably advisable to do that. No, we ain't got the the podcast into about the rumor mill. Um, but yeah, that was a weekend. That was done. Um, I've got a, a, few, a couple of other things to mention about the weekend. First, oh sorry, John, do you want to finish? I off? do want to. I do want to say one more thing about the uh, the just the professionalism and the just Adam Keith. Um, you guys might might have seen it from social media that uh, Ray Sawada obviously passed away this week. Um, he had a great season with us a few years back. Um, um, sadly passed away playing a game of rec hockey. You know, physically fit man, firefighter. You know, you just never know the moment when it's going to happen. And I just thought it was a real touch of class that Adam Keith slapped the twelve the twelve Sawada sticker on the trophy before it was presented and, and lifted. And it just uh, you know had a lot of time words to say about Big Ray. And yeah, seems like he'd be sadly missed amongst a lot of the hockey fraternity. Absolutely. Do you know what it makes it for me? It just shows that you you want to hate Adam Keith, but you can't. No. You know, you really should despise the man. Everything is about, but you just can't do it. He's, you know, good good player. He's turned to a very good coach. Um, great in the community. You know, great with people. It's just like we used to just have something that we can go. You're crap at this. He's also very good looking. Fun. That was commented to me about him. Um, <laughs> um, it's like you've got everything. Have, you can't like, you have, have all this stuff on your side. Behave yourself, Adam Keith. But no, you're absolutely right. It's, it's it was quality. It's um, you, you expect it from Adam though. You know, don't you? If there's something to be done right, he'll do it. Well, let's be fair. He scratched the last ditch now with the playoffs. He hadn't won the playoffs as a player or a coach. He's ticked that box now. So let's see him in Europe. Um, maybe in the DL or DL two maybe next couple, couple of weeks, and then Belfast fall apart. Sounds good to me. You can't tell that John's not happy with Belfast winning the playoffs. Um, but he yeah, had some we... therapy. Oh, he did, I, yes. I feel like therapy happened on Sunday night, going around to see his old rivals and shaking their hands. So I feel like the Diva had some sort of release before he had his career. Right, it's the right thing to do. You know what it is, mate? You're absolutely right. And you, you, you were spot on. Um, so I'll, I'll give kudos to, to the Diva on that one. Um but yeah, attendance over the weekend. Now last year they gambled and it bit them on the ass. Went the sell out this year. Has has the hand that feeds been bitten badly and uh, people have gone? Well, screw this. We're not going to come back again. Were, I don't think it was even in the six thousand. I think it was like five, five and a half. Because there were some huge chunks on the sides was full, but the ends was quite empty. Guys, just quickly, it's uh. Worrying trend for an event that's now announced it will be there till 2029 at least. Does the league need to reevaluate and re-examine how they put on the final four weekend? They won't change it, will they? They won't. That's the reality of what has happened. Like you said, the uh, league bit the hand that fed them last year. People have memories, and remember, it's got the back of a couple of COVID years where people hadn't been going to playoffs. They kind of forgot the routine of going to playoffs. Well, I think it's not, not a cheap thing. I mean, I went just on my own with friends. It cost me, it cost me 500 odd quid with spending money, whatever. Do you know what I mean? If you're a couple or you're a family, that pays for a family holiday. Well, I think they need to be very careful next year with ticket pricing. 
I think even for a year, they might be best advised to say, well, look, we'll bring the prices the tickets down. Just take a loss on, on, the, on the ticket price for a little bit because you're better having a full arena for that event than having a 1,000 or 2,000 empty seats, which, let's be fair, that's with Sheffield being there and with Nottingham being there. Had they not qualified, it could have been really embarrassing. And what was also telling for me was there were many empty corporate boxes too. It wasn't just the seats that were empty. Normally, they'd all be full out and sold out too. And I think that going forwards, they've got to be very careful because even friends I've known for a long, long time that would go every single year didn't make the trip this year. So you're talking in those cases four or five years now, they've not gone with the COVID years included. And you can't take it for granted. They can't take it for granted the fans have come all the time because it won't. There's a limit to how much people can spend. Everyone knows life is expensive, life is stressful right now. And I'd like to think that next year they'll just maybe come out a little bit different. And if they're going to keep the same format, which they're going to probably keep the same format, just try and make it affordable. Try and make it affordable for people to go. I know they didn't put the price up this year again. It wasn't too bad. But maybe let's just get under the 100 quid mark if they can, maybe next year. Try and get like £89, pounds, something like that again. And maybe people will buy, like Scott said, at the weekend. There's loads of empty seats next year. I'll wait till coverage you qualify. I'll buy them then. And he's right to do that. I can totally understand the logic in doing that. I think if people, you know, carry on doing that, they're going to not sell out for the next four, five, six years, and they've got a lot of work to do to get the fans back. It's the cost. I don't know how much a pint was in the arena, um, but that apparently that had gone up. Seven pound. Seven pound. Seven pound for a pint of beer. And it was six fifty when I went to uh, Great Britain, Romania, which was about seven weeks prior. So yeah. it's, it's, it's crap. It, it, uh, the league would have thought, right, oh, yes, Belfast, fair play to the Belfast fans. They have to commit, and they always bring the numbers. So you know they're going to be there. Cardiff, Cardiff are a good fan base as well. They sell out their block. So, and then you get Sheffield and home. The four teams you want at that final are there. And it's not, what, it's two-thirds? It, so the league, it, if they want to bury their head in the sands, if they want to then, is it going to be £7.50 a point next year? It's, it's what, not, and the food as well, if you've got a little kid and they want want some chips, I think, like, the Pepsi's £4. £4 for a soft drink. Yeah. What do, and I know they're going to say that this is not under our control. We'll probably get some sass from Luke Fisher because all his answers on, on Twitter just giving people sass doesn't really help. Where was the, where was the, uh, the fans forum this year, Luke, that you ignored? But you like to give people some shit back where you can. Another thing that the league need to up their game on. Um, nah, it's, it's, it's not going to work. If it say they extended it to 2029, it won't see 2027 if it keeps going the way it is. Um, just uh, on the extension there to 2029, like Todd Kelman was on a View from the Bridge podcast uh, last week and he said that there wouldn't be any changes to the form or to like where the venue was being held because of the uh, the hospitality sector that's in around the arena. Now, I wasn't there this year, so I don't, I can't, I'm only speaking from previous experiences now, um, but it, feel, it felt like every year, year on year, that it became less and less family orientated. Um, there used to be a lot of stalls or like sort of like shoot the puck games outside the the, the rink itself. You know they made they made use of the space in the square. Um, last year there was maybe one stand outside and that was it. 
inside, I mean, if you're putting seven pound on a pint, why would people not just get themselves loaded before the game and not spend their money in there? You know, I mean, it makes more comp- makes more sense to do it that way. Um, yeah, I mean, if they don't change it, I feel like it will become, you know, people will be making that choice between going on a family holiday for the same price. Um, Belfast fans, we, we do have to commit, but equally, I know a lot of fans booked, you know, just in case flights, they call it, um, in February or sort of January from like Dublin for, for buttons, but, you know, and then take the loss if the Giants don't make it to the final. But, I mean, they they scrolled around the arena on TV a few times during the uh, during the Belfast Panthers game, particularly in the Panthers block. They didn't show a lot of the Belfast fans because I guess it's just position of the camera. The Belfast Giants were in the sort of corner. Um, a lots of empty seats, like threes and four seats together, all empty. You know, um, and if I mean that's new. Panthers didn't make it last time, sure they didn't. Did they? No, so Panthers didn't make it last time. So you think obviously that their their chance to go back to the big dance, you know, the fans would be mad for it. But you know, I think the team's sort of position what, seventh this year. You know, probably some of the fans staying away and save their money for other things. But uh, yeah, I think the the league need to sort of maybe move towards the family route and not almost leave it to the point where it's uh, actively encouraging recreational alcohol intaking and helping the pubs and restaurants around Nottingham. Let's give something back to the fans as well, as well as the sort of hospitality sector of Nottingham, please. I, I 100% agree. Um, you, you kind of walk around and I'm like, even first, I, my first playoffs, you had the whole of the second pad with stalls and stuff to do. Now, I appreciate that cost and everything, you know, takes its toll over the years, but you only had two stalls in the like kind of main area as you walk into the arena, and you only had I think the, the GBSC had stalls inside the concourse, and apart from the um, the Elite League merchandise, that was it. And I'm gonna say, look, and I was just like, no, you shite. Yeah, it were overpriced um, shite. Yeah, one just... thing I'll say as well, just before you go on, John, what I noticed that was strange is there was one entrance exit. Now, at Nottingham, you know, obviously, there's there's two sides to go into it. The side that's closest to the pubs, you couldn't use. No way you could use Because we'd gone a couple of times to go in that side, and you've got to walk all the way around. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's said beforehand, sorry, John, who said before the call, it's like, are they just wanting people just to encourage to spend inside? And I'd say, it's £7 a, a chuck. You, you're going to... You're going to do what it takes to not spend as much. Whether it's drink more beforehand and just say screw you to, to what you're spending there. It, you know, yeah, again, it's backfires, doesn't it? I think that's probably what it was. I think it was easier to said that. I, it, was, it was obvious because, as you say, I went up around the back to go in that way at one point. And I thought, ah, oh, this barrier's up. That's a bit weird because normally they're both sides open and there's a boarding to go all the way around to get back in. Uh, I thought I was going to say, no, that's pretty rubbish for me. So, um, Maybe cut that a little bit. I was going to say something, but I can't remember it was. Apologies, boys. <laughs> I um, so I sat. I've sat in the box a couple of times uh, for the playoffs, and it used to just be you pay for your box per ticket per seat. Uh, I know a couple of years ago they changed it to you had to commit to food and drink as well. So I don't want to stick up for the elite league, 
but are, are the elite league being held over a barrel in what they have to do? So hospitality boxes have to buy food, have to buy drink. Yeah, you have to do this. You have to adhere to one entrance and all this. But then why are we not? And that's why the ticket prices have gone up. Why are we are we that screwed that we can't find another venue? I think that's maybe a, a possibility as well. So Voter Point Arena, no, we've got no other nowhere else to go. So they're just going to go, right, this is the condition this year. This is the condition that year. Oh, uh, that exit's now closed. You can't have any stalls uh, because you can't buy food outside. You've got to all drink it inside. And now it's going to be £7. I think that might be an element of it now. And uh, then we're just like, oh, yeah, we've got another six years. Maybe. I mean, I've got to be honest, it's my first playoffs, I think, since 2016. I wasn't actually in a box myself. Um, And I, I will be honest, I was very grateful to be in that position in the past where I was afforded the opportunity to be in the box and and see the games from there um, and as you say it includes meal which personally I didn't really want pre-game anyway because you know it's for a final or semi-final you don't be having a full breakfast or a, a Sunday carvery. The one thing that for me I was not missing out being in the box so it's being with my mates pre-game and in between games because you're stuck there like the whole day um, and I say, whilst I'm very grateful to being given the opportunity before, I always kind of felt I was missing out a little bit. But being with my mates, and I'd escape as often as I could in the past, even for a period of time, just to kind of be with my mates and stuff anyway. And it was nice this this season to be there where I wasn't stuck up, upstairs out of the way. I was able to go and see friends and, and socialise because it's nice, but by the same token, it's not the same. And if if you're a corporate person, fair enough, that's great, you know, and that's what you do and but if you're just a normal fan, there's nothing better than being down in the seats with your mates, and then it, you just get a better view as well. And as you say, if they've, and it's not cheap to do it, but all the points that you made are very valid. It seems to be very much, whether it be arena-driven or league-driven or whoever, it was all about getting every last penny out of us this year. That was obvious, I think. And um, again, it comes back to people, well, the ones who even went this year, will they afford to go next year? Did they expect it to be £13 for a hot dog, chips and, and a drink? Possibly not. You know, £7 for, for a beer. It's not cheap. And whilst you say, oh, you can go drink outside and stuff anyway, if you've got a family that wants to drink there and then, or food there and then, it's a long time to go outside and start queuing to get food somewhere else, and you can afford them to have it to spend it. And I just think the affordability, going back to the good prices and, and, and the prices inside the arena, have to be looked at, because it's starting to feel almost like NHL-level prices now. It's still a long way to go from NHL level, don't get me wrong, but it's almost like, well, you pay $18 for a beer in Toronto, what's nine quid over here, whatever, seven quid? No, it's not. Not on, guys. I'll, I'll say one thing. They did sell their playoff beer, which was five fifty, but that ran out quite quickly. So if you're going to have that, um, have it. That they, you can sell it for the whole weekend. Um, <clears throat> again, you know, just helps, helps the families out, whether it's soft drink. I mean, £4 for a soft drink is... Is criminal. Um, even coffee's like I think three, four pound. Which, yeah, it's, it's an interesting take. I'll be interested to see what the price are like um, in a couple of weeks when the World Championships are there. I, I, I'd like to think that they won't be as expensive. Um, David, we'll like, find a way. David, we'll fight back. We'll take on the IIHF. We'll fight back. We'll find a way. Like that. Something like that. We'll we'll, uh, we'll sort something. Um, guys, anything else you want to talk about from the weekend? I would like to sort of uh, draw attention to the absolute 
shithousery that Scott Conway has been, been performing on Twitter this afternoon. It has been glorious to sit and watch. Uh, people think they have free reign to say whatever they want on Twitter about players and they won't feel the wrath of said player. But you're dealing with Scott Conway. He's a mouth on the ice. He's a mouth on Twitter as well. And he put a few people in their place this afternoon. And as I say, it was glorious to watch. Do you know what? I didn't mind it. It's because it's a line. You said something there that is what we've said, and what you've been on as well, so many times. And it, let's copy uh, the diva. Own your shit. If you say it, have the consequence. I, see, I, I have no issue with Conway uh, having some fun this afternoon, trying to recover from his hangover. Yeah, not a he caused a, he caused a few people to uh, lock their accounts because of drawing attention to what they had said. So. I mean, he, it's, it's great when the trash takes itself out as well. Um, the, I don't know if you've seen it, guys, but the obsession with uh, the Brayhead clan that was tweeted and that he hit, hit back with like a, a, a photo with his face and a trophy imposed over you know, another, another image, it was brilliant. And I so much so I had clan fans messaging me privately saying, look, we can't like this because it's taking the piss out of our club, but this is fucking brilliant. This is great shithousery. And, yeah, own your shit. You know, if you're going to get caught, caught out uh, players on, on Twitter, don't be surprised when they bite back. 100%. <laughs> I love the fact that he, he's woke up, hung over, searched his own name and went, right, let's go. That, uh, <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Uh, so, uh, fair play to him. Fair play to him. It was proper safety off and that's it. No, no yeah. fucks given. One more um, thing I think that maybe we need to discuss is how many coaching changes will, will there be do you think if any do you think people are going to roll the dice obviously we Nottingham we know that the Corey's gone anything from you guys do you think I I don't think there will be um, there may be a slight change if, if any um, from what you hear in interviews, Fox is already involved in negotiation. That could be his head, his general manager role. Now, whether they make him just be the general manager, bring someone else in, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm torn between whether he's at that stage where we need something different or give him one, you know, last chance alone. But I think from Sheffield, I think there may be, but who knows? Cardiff. From what you hear interviews, there's there's a, a an enjoyment or a, a like of their coach from the ownership. So I'm not sure they'll change that, which baffles me. Before we move on to everyone else, David, uh, continue clan. Do you think they roll the dice with someone new, or do you think Stevenson with a new guy you'd give a shot to? I think the clan will. I think they'll go a direction of get someone established because I think they'll go on um, an attack of let's get a coach that we know is decent or they'll have the contacts to go. We know he's decent. He'll bring a decent team and actually give them something to, to cheer for. I think that they need to do that given the shit show of their season. So I suspect as much as, you know, maybe Dundee. Uh, no, don't do because obviously they've announced the fave. Um, but may, maybe another team may go and take a punt on him because uh, he's he, he got some out of that team. He got him to the postseason. There's something there. 
few more years of, of experience. Who knows? But I suspect Clan will go on the uh, the charm offensive and uh, get someone to really give him a good season to to really get the fans back on board. So I I, I'm not, I don't think there may be many changes apart from the ones that's already been announced. Probably one that fans around the league are hoping that happens at one point, and that's that Adam Keith pisses off to Europe and gives the rest of the league a chance. Um, I don't think it's going to be this season I th- or next season. I think he'll stick around for another year, maybe two, depending on how, how much uh, further he wants to cement his legacy in Belfast. Um, if if Aaron Fox is part of the rec- recruitment in Sheffield, I can't see there being changes there. Although, I mean, Gerard Adams got sacked for winning. Aaron Fox should probably be getting the boot for the lack of success that Sheffield have had. If they Sheffield want to be taken seriously as a, as a big club in this league going forward, they they need to be a bit more ruthless now. I mean, for a, a club the size of Sheffield, like being also runs in in two title races in the last three, you know, and what he won Challenge Cup to his name during the COVID year. I mean, that's not good enough for a club of Sheffield's uh, size. Um, so probably they need to be a little bit more ruthless with that. Um, Nottingham, obviously, we know there's changes there. Um, might Nottingham take a, or one of the bigger clubs take a shot at Danny Stewart? I don't know. Um, there is potential, and yeah, I think I think apart from the ones that we talked, Dupont is a fifty-fifty shot. I mean, we we've also heard the the sort of the the uh, the fans like sort of Q and A that the ownership are you know. Labeling, labeling him as their man. Now, uh, Andrew Lord, you know, obviously got a couple of seasons there before he really took off as a coach. Um, I'm not saying the same thing is going to happen with Dupont because, you know, if you if you listen to a lot of Cardiff fans, he seems almost clueless behind the bench a lot of the time, and it's it's very very split over over that side of the water regarding him as their head coach. So, I mean, I'm I'd be happy enough if he stays for another couple of years to be honest, but. We'll, we'll see. I think that's a lazy comparison a lot of people make to, to almost justify Dupont maybe having another season. Look what Lord inherited at the time compared to what Dupont has inherited. He inherited a squad essentially which was stacked with GB internationals in terms of the Brits, some good quality imports, and they brought some returning guys back as well. Personally, I think that he's not the guy for Cardiff. He does look clueless. He interviews doesn't inspire me in the slightest. Same with Aaron Fox. I think those two guys are very, very fortunate to be in the position they're in. Maybe Fox is lucky in that he could potentially go the GM route as his career has been involved in that in the past, and he could maybe still stay in the background as a GM and upstairs. Dupont, I, for me, I don't think he's the right guy for Cardiff. Um, but as you say, they say the right things about him. He does defy opinion, definitely. There's a, a lot of fans that uh, don't rate him, and a lot of fans that say the same thing. Oh, well, Lord had two seasons, but Lord inherited a team that came ninth the season before, and there was no season ticket money, and he somehow built a team that challenged all the way that season, and actually won a trophy in his first season too. So I think that him and Lord should be in the same conversation personally. Andrew Lord pays all over DuPont for me. I think it's the way that, like, I mean, Andrew Lord built a team around the kind of player that he was and got results. Um, nobody really knows what kind of player uh, Brody DuPont was because he didn't see enough of him. So 
you can't build a team in the mould, or the fans can't expect the coach to build a team in the mould of their coach if you didn't see enough of him on the ice to know what style of play he had. Um, there was like Christian Horn on the bench. I don't know from from your end, John, what does he do? What 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 is he like? You know, what has he brought to the table? Um, it's, it's evidently not a lot. Yeah, again, like speaking to friends, I mean, I don't really go to many games, as you know. I've seen a few games this season, home and away, um, not an awful lot, but it, it, the guy seems to be a bit of a fraud. Brought in as a forwards coach, apparently, primarily to work on the power play. Um, and yeah, I think it's the ninth, well, worst or best, whatever you want to call it, power play in the, in the league. And Cardiff typically would be top one, two maybe sometimes, of both penalty kill and power play. And, Jobs for the boys, maybe I don't know. I mean, I don't know the guy's career, but by the same token, judging on the bit he's been involved in, which is less than a season, from people that go to games week in, week out, and see the power play and comment on it, there was a stat once, I think maybe January, for every time a friend of mine said something like this, called, I think like three times, I think it wasn't like 55 power plays or something ridiculous like that. Um, and then they gave up almost as many shorthanded goals in that period as well. So they were like barely even in terms of power plays and two-handed goals in that amount of power plays. So, I don't know. He doesn't seem to inspire a lot of fans that do see them week in, week out. And I think the whole bench needs an overhaul if they want to compete and they want to challenge Mr. Keith because he's night and day from where they are right now in terms of inspiring guys and winning trophies. I, I just don't see DuPont inspiring a team, whereas Keith would, would guess guys will run through walls for him. Well, you know, I'm not convinced with Noddy. Um, I do think that Cardiff should go another route. But the Lord loving always baffled me at the start because Lord was player coach. Lord was on the ice every power play for two minutes and then he'd be back on next shift. He was there on the, the last play of the game. He always did that celebration. He cried a little sometimes. He, he, he took a lot to learn before everyone was convinced by him a little bit because I, I can't say that the Cardiff fans were happy that he was doing on the ice for every big pressure situation. So I, I, I think he had to learn. So maybe DuPont has to learn, but I don't think DuPont has it in him to do that. Aaron Fox, I think, should go in Sheffield as well. Even if that's moving upstairs to recruit uh, coaching-wise, Sheffield have played the same game every game and I, d- I just don't think there's anything for them there uh, Clan I just put the Stevenson thing in there to because the fans like him and they need someone that they trust so I think they might go down that route I don't think that probably is the right decision but I think they need a little bit of stability of someone they know let's have the final yeas and nays so this weekend's yeas and nays let's go We'll go with John Smith because I know John Williams forgets about the A's and A's section. Funnily enough. Oh, I'm old. You said it. Mr. Smith, your A's and A's. Um, okay, we'll start with our, our nays first. Petgrave. Petgrave's play in the clutch moment of overtime was just poor as a professional. And he has shortchanged Steelers fans all season, and it's all only been to the detriment of the Steelers. Uh, the other nay is complaining about, you know, the Steelers fans putting the Panthers players off. 
<laughs> it's a lot of bollocks. I actually thought it was a parody. I couldn't believe it. Yay's across the weekend. Individual performances of Sean Norris in the first game. Thought he didn't look out of place. Norris has been coming in and doing like one or two way playing uh, sporadically for the Giants, and he never looks out of place. And I think we will have a full time contract down in front of that kid uh, for the coming season. And a uh, bit of praise for Adam Keefe. Yeah, another yay. Um, he's obviously dragged the boys over the line because in the, the first period we were really nowhere in that final. And I think George Wada alludes to it in the interview with either via play or a view from the bridge um, that Keefe is the one that sort of circled the wagons during one of the period breaks and got the guys you know pulling in the right direction and won, won the Grand Slam. Yes, the Grand Slam, the first time since the Blaze have done it. And I'm not having this nonsense from like Sheffield fans saying they've won the Grand Slam like three fucking times in the EIHL. You haven't. The EIHL is the only two teams have done it now. Cardiff, uh, sorry, Cardiff, <laughs> Coventry and Belfast. Um, yeah, that's me. Scott, my, can I be nice? Well, I be nice. My A's is uh, you guys. I've really enjoyed this year, uh, and uh, the comments we had this week—it's uh, been—it's been great, and it's really helped me. You know, like when you you need a, an hour away from real life, it's been great. Um, so yes, thank you guys. Uh, I've enjoyed the season. My nays is Nottingham fans, the moaning. It's not a nay because I really found it funny, but it's a nay. Come on, please, please change next year. Jump. My yay would be actually going to playoffs and enjoying it for the first time in a number of years. It was absolutely fantastic. We sort of set the tone on Friday, boys. We all went out. We were all together for a few hours before other people started to arrive and seeing people I haven't seen since pre-COVID. Uh, so in some cases, three, maybe even four years. And so what a good messaging people and having your chat you know, or whatever. But then to actually see someone to give them a hug and have a, ch- have a conversation and I've always spoke for 17, 18 hours a day, which I'm sure you'd be very surprised that boys know we're not talking all day, every day. Um, but what I did love, that most of it was not about hockey. It's just about people, about family and just real life and how are you and how are your girls. The girls have been home recently as well from uni and, and London, which was nice. And it was about how I was. It wasn't about who was signing for so-and-so. It was just about being a human being again. I really enjoyed that. The nay is feeling like absolute crap since I got home earlier and as you know I've been napping on and off all day and I just forgot how exhausting playoff hockey weekends can be and I clearly need to raise my game for GB in two weeks time David because I'm a bit of a mess today and I've uh, got 15 little power naps and uh, struggling so that's my nay is the aftermath of having some fun do you know as much as I appreciate what John Zia were it's absolute peak diva for it to be about him. Um, so, fair play, sir. My yay... Oh, I'm sorry I've got friends, and uh, they asked me about how I was and how my children were. I do apologise for no, that. No, no, you don't apologise. You're absolutely spot on. And you I can do other things besides drinking I'm just, all I'm just having a bit of fun that, you know, 
turn it on to yourself, sir. I'm having a bit of fun. You were absolutely spot on saying that, and I agree with you. It was a, it was actually great having them conversations with people, and it weren't about hockey. It was just you know about the group and then other people that you haven't seen for ages. So I'm having a bit of fun with mate. Don't you worry. Uh, no, mate. I'm just teasing you back, David. Oh, don't Stop worry. Stop being so Scott-like and snapping. I thought you were tired. You, you, you're getting a right, diva. Shh, that's that probably going to get a second wind. I'm getting a second wind. You, you, you keep me awake for too long. I was going to be in bed a half an hour ago, but you, you passed the point of no return now, boys. Let's go. Quite well alone. Um, my yays. Um, I'm going to save one of them for afterwards before we end it because uh, it'd be important for me. Uh, but, but just seeing people that, like you say, you haven't seen for ages. And some that I haven't seen, it's like some some of the Cardiff I haven't seen for years, and it was just good to be. It kind of felt like the first proper playoffs that you could be, as it were, what it were before COVID. So that were nice. My my nays, they chanted a song in the one of the games from Toy Story. And as it was, the, the fans were chanting it. Of all things to chant, I think you got a friend of me the song. They they started chanting. I'm like, where the fuck am I? This is, I mean, give me three Caroline instead of this. It was just, oh, awful. But, done and dusted. Um, the thing I wanted to keep at the end, because like John alluded to, we, we got some really, um, really great comments from people uh, from around the league uh, thanking us for, and not just us three. I know myself, Scott and John are the, the three regulars, but the different guests, Smitty was named many times. Um, getting quite the fan base. It's not just us that appreciate that tone of voice you have, mate. Um, but everyone who's been on, um, we can't thank you enough. It's like Scott says, it's it's a bit therapeutic just to be able to, you know, for an hour or so talk crap on a sport we don't know about anything about. But you know, we've enjoyed putting this together. Um, it has been an absolute blast, and we've we've done a few things this season. We're gonna have a, a little bit of a rest. But we may try and do a few things in the off-season, hopefully come bigger and better next year. But no, my main thing, thank you to everybody who's listened. Um, and we hope to keep you for next season and we'll we'll see what we can expand on. So, social media, Instagram, Twitter, at Free Podcast UK, YouTube channel, that has the Sean McMorrow and the two-part Zach Sullivan interview. If you haven't listened to it, do give it a listen. There's a guy who can talk. Any of next hockey players sound very intelligent. Uh, Facebook, 303 Podcast UK. Give us a follow. We, we got a few, um, few good followers over the weekend, so we'll, we'll push that a bit. Um, gents, domestically, that's all we're done with. We, we may have a, um, a little a chat about after the World Champs, but that's, that's the se- season one in the books. Gonna dust it. Thank God for that. So can we have a summer now where it's not, not nasty to everybody now? Can we have a summer? Have your friend Jonathan and your fan base, you deserve it, mate. You've obviously won all the Grand Slam, apparently, so the rumour goes. Um, and I'm sure it'll be a busy couple of days on Twitter, but can we have a summer, everyone listening, where just be nice to each other and not just be a twat, because it's more fun when everyone's nice to each other. And it's a lot less stressful. Um, yeah, it's all about GB now. All about all being together, no politics, no club rivalries, one team. Everyone loves the GB national team, even the Scots, the Irish, everyone loves them. To take John away from stirring pot, Smitty, thank you as ever for your time uh, on here, matey. Um, thanks for, for giving up your time tonight and uh, thank you for your season's appearances. It's been an absolute joy to have you on. Uh, no, first and foremost, David, thanks very much for, you know, 
putting this all together from from the start of the season but between the three years you know it's been you know a real pleasure to be asked on so many times um the kind words that obviously you know were, were spoken about at the weekend you know are fully deserved the podcast has gone from strength to strength throughout the season some of the guests have been excellent to listen to and uh yeah i mean we are definitely going to milk this for for at least a few weeks um it doesn't happen that often so if you want to find that mute button, guys, on Twitter, you know, feel free, block, do the thing, because it is going to be unbearable for a few weeks, and then we'll give back the normality. Um, I'm sorry I couldn't be there at the weekend. This, I mean, the group chat was obviously lit with, like, you know, what you guys are up to, plenty of photos, and I wish I could have been there to share it all with you, but uh, I proved myself to be the scud for the Belfast Giants, and now the curse is lifted, so here we are, maybe next year. No, no, but, we're, bringing it, we're bringing it back next year. I don't care. Oh yeah, we're paying for him to come over on me next year. Yeah, all <laughs> expenses paid. We'll get everything. Five star VIP treatment <laughs> from Thursday to Tuesday. If you like, John, I'm not, back I'm, over the mate. I might, st- I might start working on on the better half now just to see if I can get myself there. But uh, no, I mean it was very nice. I got a, a, I got to spend a few minutes on on a video call the last part of the game with Browner and stuff. You know, you know, up there in the back end of the Giants block, you know, everybody's getting a bit emotional and, you know, it was nice just to see my mate, you know, I was a few seconds behind on the stream, so hit the fourth goal goes in on the stream or on the video call before I see it on the TV and it's just bedlam and it was just a really nice moment to share with my friends, so yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, but there's nothing better in when it's your team and you get their moments, there's no better moment. Um, Scott, John, 33 episodes in. Thank you ever so much for your time this season. It's been great. I think like when we talked about this as, a, as an idea and we like, you know, should we do it? And then we, to be fair, I think we didn't procrastinate. We did it off the, maybe one conversation we went for it and I think it was the right thing to do. I think we fanned around like for a long time it wouldn't have happened and we'd have missed out on this and like Scott said, it's just good to see each other on a Monday or a Sunday wherever we record and uh, yeah, and just talk shit because it's fun and it gives us a bit of distraction from real life. It does indeed. Um, let's start blowing our own trumpet now, boys, and uh, close the gate. See you all soon. For the final time domestically, that's it for another episode of the 303 Podcast.